Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. Well, here we be. This is it, the very last edition, the very last edition of WIA National News for this WIA year, because next weekend, next weekend on the 17th and the 18th, is the WIA convention being held at the Sunshine Coast. So that's where we kick off a brand new year. We've mentioned in these broadcasts several times of late of the Flying Boat Museum at Lake Bogger near Swan Hill, northwest Victoria, a memorial to those who worked on and with those champions of the air during World War II. A Lions Club project particularly commemorates the contribution made by servicemen and women at the number one flying boat repair depot. The reconstructed communications bunker was put on air by Thomas VK3EO during the recent Anzac Day AM and CW event. Now Thomas VK3EO has established a permanent station in the bunker, which already houses wartime receivers and smaller transmitters from the Catalina aircraft. It will feature in future Anzac Day events or when a large group of tourists are expected at the museum. Now, he wants to source a TS-830 transceiver and an FL-2100Z linear and will set up a dipole antenna. The next step is to find a 500-watt AMCW transmitter similar to those originally used. VK3EO describes that operating from the bunker has a real charm to it, with its curved bomb-proof walls having nice acoustic properties. So if you can help him source equipment, make contact via QDHR or check out the detail in the text edition of this broadcast. In WIA Board Talk, IARU Region 3 Directors at Vital Regional Meeting. The meeting will be at next month's important Asia-Pacific Telecommunity Meeting in Brisbane, Australia, in the lead-up to the World Radio Conference in 2015, WRC 15. This third prep group meeting will see a region established. It is one of a series of regional gatherings at which the IARU is seeking support for an allocation at 5 megs to fill the gap between existing bands. The IARU is able to input an amateur radio view on matters being discussed and decided. IARU Region 3 Directors Peter ZL2AZ, Shazu, JE1MUI and Professor Ree HL1AQQ will attend in Brisbane, plus the Secretary Ken JA1CJP. The IARU Region 3 will submit an information paper on the WRC15 agenda items which are of concern to the amateur services. A strongly agreed Asia-Pacific telecommunity position is essential to take as a block vote to the WRC15 to be held in Geneva, Switzerland in November. That's November 2015. Now, immediately after the Brisbane meeting and also in the city, IARU Region 3 directors will hold their annual meeting. Now, speaking of meetings, next week, right here on the Sunshine Coast in VK4, is the WIA meeting, the big one for the year. It's the WIA annual convention. And with some very pertinent thoughts, here's VK4 ZPP. Here's Jeff. If you follow the progress of this event, there have been some really great get-togethers in memorable locations. Similarly, the venues and stay-over accommodation mark a separation of those who can afford to come and those who have to stay away. This is the fact that our ageing membership means personal resources can be far less than the marketers idealised baby boomers outspending the kids' inheritance. The vagaries of the modern working world mean more people can be looking at their bank balances 
at any time than years ago. Just as the Institute is looking at ways of continuing the production of Amateur Radio magazine, so I feel the cost involved in the AGM should be looked at. We involve ourselves in electronic communication and teleconferencing is a routine part of life. Isn't it about time we thought about using our hobby skills to bring these important events to amateurs around the country? ATV and internet streaming are technologies that spring to mind. We have the technology and the skills, but do we have the foresight to step into the everyday world and ensure that this is a community event rather than a special event? We seek to have involvement in our clubs and in the Institute, and surely this would increase the opportunities to become involved. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? Who listens to radio? What use is an F call? Looking through the list of amateurs attending the WIA conference, I notice a distinct lack of attendance by F calls. That was the same at the conference last year, few and far between. We don't seem to have a way to attract new blood to discussions that further the future of amateur radio, either because the new F call believes that they don't have anything to say or don't have the right to make their opinion known. Let me disabuse you of that notion. You have a license. You've studied for it, paid for it, passed the test, and now you have the responsibility that goes with being an amateur. You can, of course, choose to just listen. But if you do that, why bother with a license at all? You could sit on the sidelines and be a shortwave listener and take enjoyment from that. Or you could take a more active role in the responsibility bestowed on you when your license was granted to you. And make no mistake, an amateur radio license is a privilege, one that you were granted, not one that you have a right to. The radio spectrum is a fickle beast. It evolves with use. It challenges and changes and discussions need to be had. Are power over Ethernet devices a scourge or a boon? Should repeaters be channeled differently? Should we hand back frequencies, apply for higher power, ask for new modes, improve our training base, encourage more experimentation, develop our hobby, or just let it evaporate through apathy? I know that participating can be challenging, sometimes even confronting, but don't think for a minute that your voice is not valuable or that you don't have the right to speak. If that was what was stopping you from coming to a conference where lots of people share your hobby, think again. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Lismore, it can be heard on VK2RSC, 146.8 MHz at 9am Sundays. I'm Frank, VK2FRNK. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. International News with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the IRRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Manassas Hamfest and Youth Lounge. 
the Old Virginia Hams Amateur Radio Club will hold its 40th annual Manassas Ham Fest on June the 8th in Virginia, USA. But something new this year will be a youth lounge. November 4 Hotel has been issued for the event by the FCC and will be used to operate an HF through VHF station located in the youth lounge area. Now this is something I bet none of this weekend's ham fests down under will have ever considered. Food for thought next year, perhaps, or maybe for Wyong. Getting to know D-Star without buying a radio. If you're thinking about getting into D-Star and are wondering just what you can expect when you get a radio or a DV dongle, you can now find out by listening to the live audio streaming online from the VA6 EFR gateway. According to Jeff Bishop, to monitor without any D-Star equipment, just take your web browser to the Edmonton Fire Radio website at edmontonfireradio.com and click on the Listen Live link. And in other streaming news, if you cannot make it to Hamvention 2014, then W5KUB will make it possible for you to join in on all the fun with his video webcast of the event. Tom's internet video stream will begin on Wednesday, May 14th, showing his ride from his home not far from Memphis, Tennessee, to the Hamvention at Dayton's Hurrah Arena. The next three days will showcase the magic at the Dayton Hamvention over his dedicated video website at w5kub.com. Sony has created a tape capable of holding 185 terabytes. Sony's new tapes hold the equivalent of 11,840 16-gigabyte iPhone 5S smartphones or about 3,700 Blu-ray discs. The tapes, which were developed with the help of IBM, obliterate the previous record which was set in 2010 by Fujifilm and IBM. Back then, the company set the record with a tape capable of holding 35 terabytes. Sony presented and explained its new tapes in the Intermag Europe 2014 International Magnetics Conference held this week in Dresden, Germany. The Project. Now, you may have seen this story when it was broadcast on Channel 10, the TV show The Project. It seems in Florida, a USA resident that the FCC says was the source of cellular telephone jamming for upward of two years, has been handed a $48,000 notice of liability to monetary forfeiture. The FCC says that a Mr Humphreys from Florida was caught with a jamming device in his car as he rode along Interstate 4, disrupting not only cell phones, but allegedly police and other emergency communications as well. Amateur Radio Newsline's Stephen Kinford, November 8, Whiskey Bravo, is here with the details. For the FCC, it all began back on April 29, 2013. That's when its Enforcement Bureau received a complaint from Metro PCS that its cellular telephone service had been experiencing interference during the morning and evening commutes in the Tampa, Florida area. Based on the location of the towers and the times that the alleged interference occurred, the Bureau determined that the likely source of the interference was mobile along Interstate 4 between downtown Tampa and Sefner, Florida. On May 7th, agents from the Bureau's Tampa office began monitoring the suspected route. On May 7th, 8th, and 9th, the agents determined that the strong wideband emissions within the cellular and PCS bands were coming from a blue Toyota Highlander with a Florida license plate. On May 9th, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, working with the FCC agents, stopped the suspect vehicle. At that time, the sheriff's deputies reported that the communications with police dispatch over their 800 megahertz two-way portable radios were interrupted as they approached the SUV. The agents from the FCC Tampa office and the Hillsborough Sheriff's deputies interviewed the driver who identified himself as Jason R. Humphreys. At that time, Humphreys admitted that he owned and had operated a cell phone jammer from his car and had done so for the past 16 to 24 months. An inspection of the vehicle revealed the jammer behind the seat cover of the passenger seat. Humphreys stated that he had been operating the jammer to keep people from talking on their cell phones while driving. 
At the conclusion of the interview, the Hillsboro Sheriff's deputy sees Humphrey's cell phone jammer pursuant to Florida state law. On May 10th, Metro PCS confirmed that the interference to its cell towers had ceased. Now, after looking at all the evidence in the case, the FCC has issued the proposed $48,000 fine. In doing so, it said that Jason Humphreys apparently willfully and repeatedly violated sections of the Communications Act and several sections of the agency rules by operating the cell phone jammer. Also, that operation of the device could and may have had disastrous consequences by precluding the use of cell phones to reach the life-saving 911 services provided by police, ambulance, and fire departments. It also could have disrupted critical communications of first responders driving on the highway near Humphrey's vehicle. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinfred in a WB reporting. An amazing journey for a long-duration foil party balloon transmitting Contestia 8-250 telemetry data on 434.500 megahertz USB. The medium-altitude craft was launched on Friday, April 18th from Silverstone in the United Kingdom by Leo Bodner, M0XER. During its long-duration journey, the balloon, simply known as B-46, headed west first over to southern Iceland, loping north across western Greenland and then heading west into the Norwegian Sea. It then made landfall in Europe along Sweden's northern coastline, traveling southeast down into Finland and into Russia, where the flight appeared to end close to the Ukrainian border. Now, depending on the altitude, the 12-gram, 3-foot balloon could have had a radio range between 180 and 300 miles. Bodner was one of the first to experiment with long-duration flights using what are commonly known as party balloons. Report of his work in this area have appeared to have prompted other individuals and groups worldwide to experiment with similar technology. The use of Contestia 8-250 sends two lines of telemetry every four minutes and lasts about one minute. The time between telemetry data was filled with beeps at three-second intervals. Once again, Ham Radio provided numerous communications link for this year's running of the Boston Marathon. According to news reports, there was heightened security due to last year's terror attack, but that didn't slow down the pace of this year's event. Heather MB, KB3TZD, has more. The ARRL reports more than 300 amateur radio volunteers provided communication support on April 21st for the 118th running of the Boston Marathon. In a show of solidarity following last year's tragic bombings close to the finish line, a near record number of runners, upward of 36,000, turned out for the Patriots Day event, along with a huge outpouring of spectators. Steve Schwarm, W3EVE, is the Boston Marathon course coordinator. He said that in the wake of the 2013 bombings that they received a fantastic showing of volunteer support across the start, the course, and the finish line from the amateur radio community. Schwarm noted that the level of ham radio support for the 2014 event demonstrated that Boston Strong remains a rallying cry in the wake of last year's tragedy. The Boston Marathon is a major public service event for the region's amateur radio volunteers. It follows a 26.2-mile course from Hopkinton to Boston, Massachusetts. Amateur radio communication support became critical in the aftermath of the 2013 Boston Marathon bombings when conventional telecommunication systems such as cellular telephone quickly became overloaded and confusion reigned. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD reporting. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Hunter Valley, it's relayed on 146.775 MHz and 3.565 MHz at 9.30am 
and 7.30pm Sundays. On behalf of Westlake's Amateur Radio Club Incorporated, I'm Greg, VK2CW. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2014. SGARS 80 Metre Trophy Contest, July 26. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 2 and 3. WIA Remembrance Day, ADRD Contest, August 16 and 17. Manly Ringer Radio Society's Flagpole Contest, September. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, 9 days from September 28. 2015. Tablelands Radio Group will again hold AMNCW on Anzac Day, 25 April. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 1 and 2. Sangster Shield Contest. This year's NZART Sangster Shield Contest is to be held Saturday the 17th and Sunday the 18th of May. 2000 hours to 2300 hours NZST each evening. CW only with maximum power output of 5 watts. Rules are published in the 2012-2013 printed callbook and in the 2014 CD callbook. Also check out nzart.org.nz. Remember that there are six half-hour operating periods each evening. NDX upfront JA0RQV is planning to activate New Atop Awapo Island at the very small northern portion of Tongan Territory between May 28th and June 3rd. He will be signing A35JP-P with operations on 80 through 6 metres, CW and SSB. But there is one hitch, that his time on the air will be limited to when and where he can find a source of electric power, as there are no mains at the locations that he will be at. That means locating a generator or a vehicle with a good battery to power his station. JA0RQV adds that in the off chance that his flight is cancelled, he will instead operate from Va'au Island, or Tonga Atapu Island. Either way, if you work him, please give yourself Warrior's home call sign, either direct, via the Bureau, or electronically via Logbook of the World. VK4XQA, celebrating the 100th anniversary of XQA, the first amateur radio station established in Queensland. Members of the Tablelands Radio and Electronics Club are operating the VK4XQA special event style with roster operations until Wednesday the 6th of August. For further, check out the Trex webpage, go to www.wia.org.au and look under Clubs. TM70BBC Commemorating the 70th anniversary of the landing of Allied troops in Normandy, this special event station will be active from the 3rd of June to the 13th of June. Joe, W5FJG, has been assigned to the Amundsen Scott South Pole Station and will be operating from KC4AAA, the amateur radio station there. He will operate SSB only on weekdays and some weekends, through the winter season until November 2014. Almost all activity is currently on 20 metres on or near 14243 kHz. QSL to Larry Skilton, K1IED. Celebrating the Hamanako Flower Expo. On the air... Keep an ear open for the special event station 8N2HHH. Active in all bands and modes until June 16th. This in celebration of Japan's Hamanako Flare Expo on the island of Honshu.
Substitute LI for LA and LJ for LB. This celebrates 200 years of the Norwegian Constitution during 2014. In addition, Special Event Station LM1814 will be active as part of the celebration. July operation from the island of Jersey. A group of hams from the Czech Republic will be active as MJ0ICD from the island of Jersey between July the 21st and the 27th on 160 through 10 metres using CW, SSB and the digital modes. Nauru, September 29 to October 19. LZ1GC is planning to be operational as C21GC from the Republic of Nauru between September the 29th and October the 19th on 160 through 10 metres using CW, SSB and Sumruti. Panama Canal Special Event This year, Panama is celebrating its 100th anniversary of the Panama Canal. On August the 15th, the Panamanians will celebrate the 100th anniversary of the inaugural transit through the Panama Canal. This activity is organised by amateurs of the Republic of Panama. A special event station is operating as HO100CANAL until August the 15th. Activity will be on 160 to 10 metres using CW, SSB, PSK and RITI. For VK1WA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In South East Queensland, it can be heard on 438.575, VK4RSS, IRLP node 6215 every Sunday at 0900 hours local time. I'm Jessica, VK4FJAR. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ARDF, The Road to Kazakhstan. During September 2014, ARDF enthusiasts from around the world, representing many radio societies from all IARU regions, will be heading to the Burabay area of Kazakhstan to complete the IARU 17th World Radio ARDF Championships. This championships event will be hosted by KFRR, that's the Kazakhstan Federation of Radio Sport and Radio Amateur. At this stage, our WIA team will consist of five. An accommodation during the event will be at the Rixos Borovo Sports Complex, a ski resort in the Bay area, about 220 kilometres from the north of Astana, the capital of Kazakhstan. Competitors will be hunting transmitters on the 2 metre and 80 metre bands. For the competition, they're separated into age and sex categories from junior under 19 to super vets 70 years and plus. Other age groups for male and female categories are 20, open, all ages, 30 plus, women 35 plus, 40 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus and 70 plus. Most of the WIA team will be arriving early and spending some time touring the neighbouring Republic of Kyrgyzstan. Following the event, they'll head to Bakanor, Kazakhstan and tour the Russian Cosmodome Space Facility. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, QRP and Weak Signal Communication. Japan's QRP Day Special Event Station, 8J2VLP, will be active with 5 watts through to June the 30th. QSLs will be sent automatically via the JIRL Bureau. 
Three other stations with the call signs 8J4 VLP, 8J6 VLP and 8J9 VLP will also be on the air for this event. Worldwide special interest groups roar, Rotarians of Amateur Radio. At the end of May there's to be an international gathering of Rotarians in Sydney. The gathering is over five days and much of the activity will be conferenced during the day. Part of the Rotarians' activities includes amateur radio, and this event will be no different. They plan to have operational special event station and call sign and hook up with other Rotarians around the world during the conference time. In the evening, they plan to make the special event call sign available on a roster basis to continue working international Rotarians and other stations. Amateurs with stations having DX capabilities are invited to apply to be part of the roster. For those who wish to be on the roster, you're invited to contact AR New South Wales, who will collect the names and the contact details and pass these on to the Amateur Radio Coordinator, Peter VK3KCD. The special event call sign is unique. It's VI2R. It's short. Yes, just Victor India 2 Romeo. Email office at arnewsouthwales.org.au giving your name, call sign, telephone, contact number and email address. Include details of your station and the main operating bands. The conference is on from the 31st of May to the 4th of June 2014. Worldwide special interest groups low down. OK, so you've done everything in ham radio, so what's new? Well, the new 630-metre MF band, 472 to 479 kilohertz, is alive with signals every evening. There are 15 to 20 active hams who are regularly experimenting with different modes and tenors and equipment and continually breaking records. The current record is 5,047 kilometres from Murray, ZL1EE, to Derek VK6DZ using WSPR, which we heard about here on WIA National News last week. Recently, Nick, VK2DX achieved the full house, that is, VK1 to VK8 plus ZL, and two-way contacts with ZL1ZLD, a distance of 2,340 kilometres, was achieved by Peter VK4QC back in September 2013 and becomes the first QSO between the two countries and has been officially verified. Operating ZL1ZLD was Paul Chamberlain, ZL1BBR, of the Muswick Point Radio Group using the original Dansk transmitter at the home of the last New Zealand Coast station, ZLD, that closed in 1993. Peter Hewitson, VK4QC, is an ex-merchant radio officer and coast radio station operator who, in acknowledgement of the achievement on the new ramp into radio band, has a special QSL and pendant from the Muswick Point Memorial Radio Station ZL1ZLD. Peter VK4QC advises that his station is a shanty TRP8250 originally from the HMAS Waterhen and his antenna is a Marconi T with three horizontal wires and 10 metre high radials and 30 metre long and with eight radials via an XNMB non-directional beacon aerial coupling unit. Like to find out more? Well, Justin, VK7TW, has put together a comprehensive presentation on VKZL amateur experimentation in the 630-metre band with detailed information on equipment, antennas, tuning and links to informative websites. Well worth a read for anyone wishing to accept the challenge of this exciting band. 
Excellent articles on building MF transmitters and antennas have been written by Dale, VK1DSH and Drew, VK3XU, and transverters are available from Graham, VK3XDK. It doesn't take much to put up a receiver and leave it running all night to record WSPR activity while you sleep. In the morning, you can awake to find amazing results on your computer screen. How is that possible? Thousands of kilometres. A good start to find out on how would be to join the Yahoo 600 metre forum, where you can get advice and encouragement from many hams who have done it before. Also, as previously reported, Noel VK3FI currently has a CW beacon running even further down on 473 kHz every evening, which has been heard far and wide. For example, a great report from Rod Graham, VK3BQJ at Lakes Entrance in Far East in Victoria, has the VK3FI beacon peaking at 50 dB over the noise floor using an ICOM 746 and a loop antenna. The nightly beacon with 12 words per minute CW identification followed by 20 seconds of carrier has helped stimulate activity on the 472 to 479 kHz band. The CW may be copied by ear without special equipment or software programs, while its burst of carrier allows those with special programs such as Spectrum Lab to detect its presence. The beacon from 0900 UTC to 2200 UTC invites reports. Can you hear it? Then email a report to vk3fi at wia.org.au. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, there we be, the end of WIA national news, not only for this week, but for the WIA year. A whole brand new year looms ahead of us, kicking off next Sunday, right here on your favourite radio station. OK, until then, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.